Hello, a little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks that Tinder belongs in a fire. Hello all, welcome back to the Smut Drop. This is, as if you didn't know, a weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane and on this week's show I'll be looking at 10 years of Tinder, getting in bed with Clara Hermet and finding out, I know I have to say it like that so it rhymes, and I'll be finding out your favourite parts of singledom. If you like what you hear then please rate, review, subscribe, do it wherever you get your finest of podcasts. And I hope you've turned the gas off because I'm about to light a match. Hello, everybody. Hello and welcome to my den of iniquity. It's September. The kids have gone back to school. The holidays are well and truly over. And some of you might be turning to dating apps to find some company for those long autumnal nights as we enter cuffing season. However, this September also marks 10 years of Tinder. Ah, If you don't know it, I am not going to explain it, but do let me know if you need a hand from getting out from underneath that rock you're clearly living under. You cannot deny that Tinder has changed how we date. It's become the main way that we find partners for a whole generation. Did you know that 75 million people use it? And every week, 1.5 million dates are happening off the back of Tinder chats. So Tanya Mustafa has got a lovely article on the metro.co.uk and it features some absolutely cockle-warming love stories from matches throughout the years and they are ones which might help you fall back in love with falling in love because of course Tinder has also been to blame for some absolute boggins. A 2016 study found that Tinder users have got lower self-esteem than those not on the app probably due to the normalisation of things like ghosting and breadcrumbing and zombieing and all these terrible dating phenomena. So Tanyal spoke to a user on Tinder uh, called Monica. And Monica says that back in the day, she had some great success. She says, when Tinder was new, I think the concept was certainly more for genuine romance and long-term dating. But all my single friends tell me it's a very different app now, focused on sex. Eileen Barrett, author of Tinder Translator, says the widespread use of dating apps has given us a sense of gridlock around our options. For all genders, the fact that there's another date or match just a swipe away can make people feel disposable. Oh yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, Juliet Caraman is a relationship coach and she says that Tinder definitely changed a whole dating space. It's about appearance. It's the first thing we pay attention to. We're always swiping and there's a kind of instantaneous gratification. I love this bit. So this is the science bit. She says that there's an air of flirtation, endorphins, all these chemicals that get brought on when you're getting likes. And all these feelings may not be the same in the real world. That, along with the fanciful hope of finding true love, might be why we're so hooked and why Tinder is still going strong a decade later. Oh, Look, I am constantly deleting and installing and reinstalling all these different dating apps. I've got a whole folder on my phone. And how much luck do you think I've got? None. 
Zero. Nada. Nothing. For me, the dating app bubble has well and truly burst and I'm all about the real life stuff now. Although, having said that, I'm still not sure I could walk up to someone at the bar and just start off with a little, oh, hey, yeah, how you doing? Yeah, I like your shoes. I don't know. What are we even supposed to say anymore? How about you? Come on. Do you need a dating app on the go? I want to hear all your dating app stories. Email me, smutdrop at metro.co.uk. Ladies and gentlemen, gays and theys, obviously on this show we're all about female empowerment and sexual positivity, but single female empowerment can seem like a very different beast. How many of us single babes would travel alone, open our own business and basically be our own boss bitch without needing a partner as a cheerleader? Fortunately, this week's guest is here to talk to me about just that. She's a presenter and personal development coach who's been using her YouTube channel to push fear to the side, go after exactly what she wants, and I can't wait to join the ride. Let's get in bed with Clara Hermet. Yay! Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How does it feel to be on this side of the question cards? I quite like it, actually, because I feel like the the pressure's off. I just get to kind of, you know, be myself. I don't have to worry. And and I think, you know, I, I think I know how, there's not a question that you could ask me that I think I'd feel uncomfortable with. Whereas when you're asking the questions, you never know if someone's going to be happy about the question you've asked or how they're going to react to it. So yeah. it's quite nice. So I'm feeling relaxed. Have you ever had anyone who's been unhappy with the, the questions that you've asked? In all the years that I've been doing weird and wonderful uh, presenting and been asking crazy questions, that no, there was only one guy once who wasn't happy that asked him whether or not he shaved his chest. Um, and this was years <laughs> ago and he got quite upset about it. Um, but other than that, even with like In Bed With Clara, which is my the latest series, talking about sex and relationships and mental health, everyone was really, really open. Um, so it was, it's, it's been great, yeah. How did you start In Bed With Clara? Um, so, so I used to have a series that was called Heart to Heart, and right. um, I started my my presenting career, I guess, uh, as a um, a games presenter for Sky, actually. And then I decided that I really wanted to move into the music space, and it took me a long time to kind of pluck up the courage. I'd always been really shy, so the fact that I was even presenting in the first place that is a whole other story. But it, it should never have happened. But it did happen, and there I was. <laughs> Hang on, and... wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. You can't do that to me. You can't do that to me. You can't do that. It's a story for a different day. How did you end up accidentally presenting? So I was really, really shy in my, um, even in my late teens, my early 20s, I'd struggled to just make a phone call. Like it was kind of paralyzingly shy. And I guess now people, it would probably be like oh. social anxiety. And it was just really difficult for me to function. Um, and I had a, a really lovely boyfriend at the time. He was really sweet. And he introduced me to some of his friends that lived in the area that I lived in. And one of them was uh, the presenter and she was working for a Sky Channel. And she said to him, oh, there's an industry party. Does Clara want to come? And obviously me, when I hadn't had any wine, I mean, I was very shy. Once I'd had mm. a couple of glasses of wine, it was like the real me could, you know, could be out and about. And um and I met this guy who was looking for presenters. And I, after a couple of glasses of wine, I was like, yeah, I could do that. And he <laughs> gave me his card. Um, and that, you know, great. The next day I woke up and I was like, I can't phone him because I can't speak to him on the phone. And my boyfriend at the time was like, you have to. Um, and he 
made me mm. phone him and then he took me to the screen test which if that tape exists somewhere it would be the funniest thing of all time because I was so awkward and so uncomfortable and apparently afterwards the producer of the show was like we can't use her she it won't work but the guy who owned the channel had ultimate say and he's like no it'll be fine and he actually gave me a glass of wine before I went on air the first time <laughs> and you know what happened it was like something really freeing happened to me when I was in front of a camera. It's like I could step out of, you know, this kind of shy person with all of my fears and limiting beliefs and just reinvent myself a little bit. And now Mm. as a personal development coach who studied NLP and et cetera, I kind of understand why that was happening. And it took me a long time to to bring Ah. the two together. Um, But yeah, so when I started doing music presenting, I think I am quite quick witted but it was also because I just was awkward the awkward shyness but it came across like I was really uh, confident and I was really really witty but most times it was just the awkwardness falling out of my mouth at the appropriate time which (laughs) no one really realized Um, and then I was like I want to do something different Mm. and it didn't matter in my career what I did people always commented on my boobs in every video and it's quite a male dominated um industry and also the viewership at that time was quite quite male dominated so I thought I've got boobs and I I'm happy talking to men about sex and this is kind of like eight nine years ago so I created this um it wasn't just men it was women as well but it was called heart to heart and we'd sit opposite each other and I told them that I became a human lie detector and I had to put my hand on their heart and they had to put their hand on my heart which obviously is and it was so funny Mm. to see like these kind of guys that had this uh, often like tough kind of exterior just crumble because we were sat right opposite each other you know it's it's quite an intense scenario and that's that's how it started with heart to heart and then in bed with Clara was just another thing that popped into my head and it's been there for years um I trialed it at a festival once and then this year I was like, no, I'm making this happen. So it happened and and there it is. It's so it's so great to get all these different and like diverse group of people and to talk and be able to talk about sex, like you say, in such a, a male dominated industry where it can you know, it can feel a bit like you know, you are teaching them and and on teaching because you're a personal development coach. And I wanted to chat to you because one of the things that I saw on your Facebook, a Facebook post recently, can I just, if I just read this out, because I love this and this is what I wanted to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about single female empowerment. I'll come on to it. Okay. So you wrote, I tried for years to find someone who would save me, rescue me, heal me. Even when someone was a great boyfriend, it was still never enough. That's because it had to be me. I had to save, rescue and heal myself. You are the only one experiencing life as you. Now, uh, that really resonated with me because I find it quite... I can remember the moment where I realized that there wasn't going to be a white knight that would save me. And that feels to me is that's what you're trying. That's what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Do you think that there are a lot of women that need to be told that? And especially like single women. Yeah, I think that, I think there is. And I think that's why the, the first video and post, because even if I post a reel, which, you know, t- uh, Instagram is loving at the moment, mm. the caption, there's always an essay caption for me always because I love to write. So there's always me, you know, talking. And I think what I'm trying to say comes out better when I when I write it very often. Mm. So you'll always find this caption. And I posted a video. Um, it must have been a year ago because I was 38 about being 38. uh childless which I've since changed to child free unmarried or never married and it went viral and um I got like so much love from women like you know this is what we need more of this is such a great mindset 
I got a lot of hate from men, um, which <sighs> was is is hilarious to me, which is kind of like, just wait till you're old and no one wants you. Yeah. It's easy for you to say it now while you look like that. You know, you're past your sexual peak, like all of this stuff. And I'm just like, that's fine. You say what you say. Luckily, because I think I'm in a place now where it, it doesn't concern me at all. It's, it's to do with them. It's nothing to do with me. So they can get themselves into a tizzy. Yeah. Um, but I think from the perspective of women, we have grown up with this idea of fairy tales and, you know, princes riding in and rescuing us. And we have these rom-coms, you know, even Bridget Jones is always a man that comes and makes their life complete. And, mm. and you know, they're miserable and unhappy before that. And then suddenly, ba-boom. I mean, I watch, so I, don't get me wrong, I love a rom-com. <laughs> I love the idea of love and romance. Yeah. But I've watched literally the same film about 20 times. It's just in a different country or a slightly different, but it's the same narrative all the time. And it's always, you know, this poor woman and then, you know, it goes left, there's loads of pain. And then suddenly, you know, they're overcome with joy because the man comes back. And um, I I watched one, I think I watched one recently where it was two, where it was um, basically exactly the same story, but with two guys as well. So, you know, now they're, now they're stretching out and and taking it into, you know, uh, (laughs) making it, everyone but it's still the same story it's still this idea that one person you know is unhappy and miserable and then someone else comes and rescues them and yeah I think it's a really dangerous narrative and it's not the truth it's a load of rubbish yeah but what it can make us do is is feel like we're behind everyone else it can make us feel like we've failed like there's something wrong with us um and we can put a lot of time and energy into trying to hunt down this perfect person that must be out there and they must exist Mm. and all I'm saying is put that energy into yourself yeah you know invest it in yourself because when you get to a place where you're comfortable and happy on your own I'm not saying I don't want a relationship I'm not saying that I don't think there are loads of great men out there I'm not saying that I don't think it's possible for me to have a great relationship what I'm saying is I'm not going to wait until that happens for me to be happy content and living a fulfilled life no way so I think that is kind of it it's like that desperation that I used to feel because mm-hmm. I needed, I thought I needed someone to love me. Now it's like, it would be really nice if someone came along yeah. and made my life even better, but I've made it pretty damn good. So what was the turning point for you? So the biggest turning point in my life was my sister passing away. So my mum died mm. of breast cancer when I was 10. My sister, Emily got breast cancer when she was 25. Um, she's two and a half mm. years older than me. She died at 31. I was 28. And wow. my life from my mum's death to my sister's death, although there's some great things that happened in that time, was essentially a chaotic mess. Uh, it was. It really mm. was. It, there was eating disorders. There was, I mean, I call it sex addiction. It's not like the, you know, the kind of um, definition of sex addiction. But I was addicted. To, I wanted to feel loved. I wanted to feel close to somebody because I didn't have that from any other source. Um yeah. You know, and so I was just going from man to man because, you know, once you've had sex with someone and you've had that kind of intimacy and then that person goes, then you're left in that low space again. And you go chasing that kind of high. I quit my whole life at 13 yeah. to travel. I mean, I've done a lot of stuff in the last decade. Um, but with this, I would say the turning point for me was probably so I went traveling on my own at 32, which I'd never had a desire to do before. But. And we're always put off it, aren't we? We're as always women, told, oh, women, no, it's not safe. And we, yeah, as women, it's dangerous. As single women, you won't enjoy yourself. You know, you're supposed to be in a group. And I've travelled alone and really enjoyed it. And it's it's it, 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 
it seems weird, mm. but it shouldn't mm. be. Like men seem to be able to just like, oh, I'm just going to pull up into a youth hostel and I'll make friends there. And like, we should be able to too. Yeah. And we totally can. And I also, I do think that, you know, we have to remember that most people in the world are actually good people. And yeah, that there's a lot of people. I just made friends. I was never really on my own. I was on my own, but I was never really on my own. Um, so that happened. And I, when I came back, I had a boyfriend who was 10 years younger than me. And, you know, I didn't, he'd lied about his age. Then we got to know each other and we quite liked each other. And then when I found out, I was like, oh no, you're too young. But then I thought, am I going to really not give this a go just because of someone's age? So we were together for two years. And in that relationship, what I came out of it knowing is what I don't want. So that yeah. then gave me a very... That's a great point. Right? Yeah. Because I think sometimes we don't. We're just like, it's just you or you mm. or you. And it's like, no, actually, you get to be selective. What do you want? What's going to make you happy? And that relationship, mm. although like I still get on with that guy, like we're not really close friends, but we're absolutely fine. And he's a lovely guy, but it just made it very clear to me what I don't want and what I do want. And then I started being mm. more intentional. So it's like, okay, I get to decide what I want. What do I want? And then, you know... I, I still kind of met people and, and would have this kind of, I'm trying to put it into words, but it's where it's like this need, this emotional need. So it's hard to say, once I liked someone, it was hard to then say no, even if I knew that there was a million red flags. So it's taken mm. time of kind of just over the last, I would say over the last like four years or so to just kind of really work out what I want, not just in terms of relationships, but in the rest of my life. And then I know people say like, start to become have those qualities myself more and more and nurture those things within myself and start to create a better relationship with myself which people don't even think about that we have a relationship with ourselves but you know if we're constantly talking to ourselves like crap and being horrible to ourselves saying negative things to ourselves you know we really have to to realize how much that impacts our life the happiness yeah. and the joy we can experience so yeah you know, it's been gradual but like having a burger and going, oh, tomorrow I'll have a good day. And it's like, but you're having a burger. That's a great day. <laughs> yeah. Or that, or, oh, I ate a burger yesterday. Oh, that means I can only have, you know, I'm just going to have a coffee for breakfast. None of, I mean, that's diet related no. stuff, but none of that. Or whether it's like, oh, I messed up because I did, I, I shouldn't have done that at work or, you know, he hasn't texted me mm. or whatever. And also I had to be really tough with myself as well to get myself out of those habits. And that's what they are. They're habits. Like, you know, if, if yeah. understanding that if a guy doesn't, isn't treating you the way that you want to be treated, it's okay to just walk away from it. There's no point trying to change him yeah. or, you know, it, I, I used to find that I was trying to understand why people were, you know, treating me like that. He's just not that into you. It's okay to accept that or he's not in the right place. And, and it, you don't need to know an answer. Just walk away, just leave it. And yeah, that's been, that, <laughs> that's been a really tough thing. And I do think as women that we have an expectation of someone before we know them. And what we get upset mm. about is that they don't live up to our expectation. That, But that's never who they were. Mm -hmm. That's not who they were. Yeah. It's sort of what we've been told through, like you said, like through fairy tales and rom-coms, this is going to be the guy that's going to rescue you and heal yeah. you. And, uh, you know, and, you know, taken with what they've written on their profile of like, well, this is the, right. Uh, 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 like, if it's someone you've met on a dating profile, this is the one paragraph where I tell you all the best bits about me rather than the truth, <laughs> the, the really yeah. shitty bits. Yeah, the truth. They, yeah. the truth is if they put the shitty bits, we wouldn't want to talk to them. And, you know, we, we do the same thing, but what, you know, I think it's just, it, it's that kind of 
it's so important to know what you want. And my friend said to me recently, because I had a, a dating experience at the start of this year that I've never had before, which was someone who I don't know if he was had narcissistic personality disorder, but he definitely had narcissistic tendencies. And it was so there was love bombing involved. And there was also and what had happened is on our first conversation, he said to me, what are you looking for? And there's me with my list. I'm like, you know, I want someone who's this, this and you kind of reading off the characteristics, the values, the things that I want from someone. And essentially I gave him the blueprint to become what I wanted. So in hindsight, I was like, well, you know, I was talking to my friend about this, Shaki, and I was saying to her, what do I do now if someone asks me that question? And she's like, funnily enough, she's in, my, my friend Shaki's engaged, but she said, funnily enough, I was watching, I think it was a pastor or someone talk. And he said, when you're dating someone and they say to you, what are you looking for? What you say is you can tell them the type of relationship you're looking for. I think that's really important to state, whether you're looking for something fun or you're looking for... But what you say to them is, um, I'm I'm looking for someone who can be themselves so that I can get to know them and then make a decision whether we're compatible or not. That's it. That's a brilliant answer. That's a brilliant answer. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely... I'm going to take that. I'm going to pop that down, write that down for the next date. <laughs> what would be your top tips? What would be your advice for people if they were thinking about coming to see you, if they were not feeling, you know, that they're their best selves and maybe they're, you know, maybe they are feeling like, oh, I feel like I need a partner. I need a cheerleader. Where, what would be the top things that you would ask those people to ask themselves? Are you really ready to change? Because it's not going to be easy. And I think that's the thing. It's like, we live in a society today as well. There's a quick fix for everything. Just go and get a pill for this. We go and do this. We go and do that. But anyone will tell you who's decided to like do work on themselves that it's brutal. Like it can be really lonely, miserable, hard. It's not easy. Like healing trauma and all of that kind of stuff can be really difficult. Mm -hmm. However, is it worth it? One million trillion percent. Yes. And so if people were, you know, wanting to work with me, a coach, a therapist, anything, my first question to them would be like, how committed are you to this? Like, are you ready to really go for it? Because it won't be easy. And and that is the question that they have to ask. And also the next thing is to say, you know, if you work with a coach, if you work with a, you know, a therapist, if you work with anyone, they're not doing the work for you mm. because it's impossible for them to do the work for you. They're there to guide you. They're there to support you, but you have to do the work. Mm. So, and if you think you're going to have like one session, imagine it's like the gym. You're not going to go to the gym once and suddenly your bicep is 10 times bigger than it was before. It's going to take months sometimes years to create that to grow the muscle yeah and this is the same kind of practice um so I think just if be at that like if you're at that point where you really want change and you are determined to go for it but you know you can't do it on your own that's fine you know even me at the start of this year I was with my like with my content creation I was having a chat with someone and I was like I just can't you know I'm just not consistent with it and being really hard on myself about it and he was like maybe you just need somebody to hold you accountable Mm -hmm. so now I pay a content coach who holds (laughs) me accountable because otherwise I was I wasn't doing it and I couldn't work out well and he's like maybe there is no real big reason other than you just need someone to hold you accountable and it worked that's amazing that's what I need (laughs) 
I'll give you his number after this. Yes, I've gone from very different ends of the spectrum there. That is brutal, but I need it. This is yeah, terrible. But, but it's, been, it. it's been so great. But what I will say is that, you know, if you make that decision that you're ready to change and that you want your life to be different and you want to feel different, mm. I don't care where you are right now. It's possible. Like, it's absolutely possible. Yeah. I, I try and put into words how I used to feel about myself, my life, and how I used to experience every day and how I used to experience the world. Yeah. And where I've got to and where I am now. And it's like I'm a different person living in a different life, only I'm not. But it's just how I see things. And the only way I've been able to see things differently is by changing my internal gaze because we see everything via the filter of our own minds. So if you want to change what you see, you've got to start with yourself always. I love that. That's such a, it's such a a great place to start. And it's not about, you know, whether it's because you want to find a partner or or a different job or something. It's just because, just to make yourself a little bit happier and enjoy life a bit more. Yeah. I've got a, got a really sneaky game. I found on the beloved internet because I really loved your um, your story and your post about um, being single and child free and without a partner. So I found the 40 questions that single women are tired of hearing. (laughs) There are 40 of them. (laughs) No wonder we're pissed off all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Give me a number between one and 40 because I want to know how you'd answer. I'm going to start with my lucky number, which um, is lucky because it's how old my pony was when he died, which isn't very lucky, but um, it's 33. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) When are we going to find you a good man to snatch you up? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Love that one. That kind of idea that you you haven't tried, you're not trying or that you haven't, you know, that you're not dating or that there's, you know, that you're just a bit picky or that you're just a bit high maintenance. So it's up to us. We're going to find you one. But but also this idea that there's a good man who needs to snap you up. Some, like I genuinely at this point in my life, I, I, I'm on, not on any date. I'm just over it. I'm having a really yeah. good time. Thank you very much. I don't want I don't want anyone to find men to snap me up. If yeah. one happens to find me, great. But yeah, I just think that it, it kind of is symptomatic of that belief that you know your life is incomplete because you don't have a man. I feel Let's like I you. need a shower after yeah. asking that. Sorry. But I am gonna I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna ask you, give me another number. Give me another number. Let's go with twelve. Twelve. <laughs> Would you be interested in insert some random guy's name? I can set you up with him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what what makes me laugh when you say that? I think the modern equivalent of that now is anytime I mention I'm single on the internet, yeah. a couple people will slide into my DMs. Yeah. Like Hi. You haven't thought about me. And it's like, you've sent me about 30 DMs. I haven't replied to any of them. Just take the hint, yeah. you know. It's, I'm not saying I'm single because I desperately want people to slide into the DMs. I'm just saying I'm single. Yeah. Or at least give me give me a clue. Like, you know, not with a high, but maybe just say, hello, I really like your videos because I'm such and such. And here's a few details about me rather than just like, hello. But I think... Very often, I don't know if you've had this, but your friends, it's like that person's single, that person's single, that they've got that in common. It's gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> We've done this. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's it's kind of you know, like someone saying, That person's got a job, that person's got a job. 
they can work together. You know, it's not, it doesn't, it just yeah. makes no sense whatsoever. But people, yeah, to be fair, my friends are pretty good. I, don't, I think they know what would happen if they ever tried to uh, set me up with someone, unless they genuinely really thought that that person would be a good match for me. They're not that silly. I've known you for less than an hour and I'd be terrified for my life if I... <laughs> <laughs> Let's do one more, one more. I think I'm only doing this because I'm hoping that there are women out there that have been asked these questions, questions and yeah. it gives them something to snap back with. Do you know what I mean? Can we go with number one? We can go with number one. Um, how come you're not dating anyone? Classic, classic. Yeah, why, why are you single? Why, why are you single? Why are you single? That what is wrong with you? Yeah, that's that's the, and that's the connotation, isn't it? Is that there's something wrong with you? But I just say because because yeah. I am like I'm, I'm, because I am I'm single because I am or because I choose to be because I want to be because I'm happy. You know, I, I think there's a million different answers you could give people but I don't you know that all men are trash or all of that kind of stuff that's not I'm not at that place and I don't I definitely don't think that all all men are trash there's a lot of them that have questionable beliefs questionable belief systems but you know they can change that and work on that um so mm. I would never say that but it's just I I honestly say people say why are you still single I haven't met the right person yet that's my answer I haven't mm. no I haven't met the right person yet I yeah. honestly there's not you know there's no one that I've been with or that I I've experienced that I think that could have been the person. I just haven't met them. It's not that I haven't tried. It's not that I'm some kind of psycho bitch who pushes everyone away. It's not that I haven't done work on myself. All of those boxes, you know, they're all ticked. That's it. It's that simple. It doesn't yeah. need to be some big answer. It's just that. I haven't met the right person yet. The end. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have just gone with, like, I'm just, I'm all right being happy, thanks. Yeah. Well, that is that as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I have loved this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. If people want to find out some more about you, where can they find you? So I am Clara Hermit on everything, apart from Instagram, where I miss Clara Hermit because I <laughs> did get Clara Hermit, but then could not, never remember the password for it or unlock the account. So it's just sat there unused <laughs> for the last 11 years. So miss <laughs> is where it's going to stay um, for now. But yeah, and um, my name's spelled C-L-A-I-R-A. And then my surname's H-E-R-M-E-T. It does give you a certain air of authority, though. It's like, right. Miss. Yeah, I've got my dominatrix profile. I've got my normal profile. (laughs) (laughs) The the worst, well, not the worst thing, but the funniest thing is the Clara Hermit one has got one picture on it, which is from 11 years ago when I was doing a series where I went and tried different things. And on that day, I tried pole dancing. (laughs) There's a picture of me in this kind of see-through um lace outfit with my leg wrapped around a pole oh. so you know if anything that's the you know the kind of saucy one there's nothing there yeah but, and I can't I still can't get into it and no one on Instagram can help me so it will just sit there <laughs> you're just forever gonna have a saucy picture of you pole dancing I like it I'm happy for it yeah go for it love it oh, thank you so much for joining me Clara that has been so fascinating bye thank you bye My thanks to Clara Hermit. That was so fun. I really just enjoyed having a lovely little chat with her. That was like just having a nice little Sunday morning coffee morning. So I really enjoyed talking to her about all the questions we need to ask ourselves because I think she's entirely right. We don't necessarily ask them of ourselves. We think about those when it comes to partners or business partners or when we're building something. But when we're just thinking about ourselves and we're doing work on ourselves, then it is important to try and get to know who we are and and what we enjoy like we would if we were trying to find a friend or a partner. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Let's go and dip into our listener letters. 
Last week, I asked you to send me your best bits about being single. So Ali on Twitter, she says that the best bits are going on holiday whenever I want. Yes, Ali, feel you there. Having the bed to myself. Yeah, love it. And not having to worry about whether he's having a crisis over our relationship when he goes misty eyed and quiet, rather than just trying to figure out which transformer would win in a fight. Ali, you sound like every fess hole on Twitter. <laughs> My missus thinks I was going to leave her, but I was trying to figure out if Han Solo would win in a fight against Luke Skywalker. Stuff like that. I get you. Um, oh, we got a lovely one from Sophie. She's emailed and she says... I love that I've found out who I am. Ever since I started dating, I've never been single and I jumped from one relationship to another, no matter how bad they were for me, until I found myself heartbroken and single and 30 years old. I've been single now for just over two years and finally starting putting all the energy into myself. I started an art course, I found a whole new circle of friends and now I get the occasional commission from total strangers who found me through so social media. Oh, well done you, Sophie. Yes, that's what we like to hear. And she goes on to say, I now know what I don't want, which has been just as valuable as knowing what I do. <gasps> just what our guest was saying. Claire is saying just that. It's so important to find out what you don't want just as much as finding out what you do. Um, but Sophie says, I'll always have the knowledge that I can do anything I put my mind to. And I'm so proud of myself for being able to start something I love. It's made me realise how little I was encouraged to spread my wings in my previous relationships. I'm still looking for the one, but he's going to have to be a total cheerleader. Oh, Sophie, what a little cock-warming email. Well done. It is so important to find yourself a cheerleader and to be your own one. I really agree. Thank you so much for your email. Next week, I want to hear your dating app stories. The good, the bad, the ugly. Did you have a hinge binge or a fumble on bumble? I want to hear all about it. Maybe you get turned off by seeing them on someone else's phone. Tell me all. You can slide into my DMs. Just look out for Miranda Kane, that's Kane with a K, on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. And if you want to hear the ones we love, remember to subscribe right now. I be Miranda Kane. Smutdrop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk if you're enjoying this weekly money shot of cream pie then please leave me a nice review and in the meantime i'm going to be back to prick up your ears next week <laughs> <laughs>